Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Go July the 16th, 2020 on the Mike Abadir Show. Gino Bacola here, your co-host, Mike Abadir, the main man, like always, alongside. And Mike, um, it's it's sort of a weird time. We're getting close to where we, we're starting to feel like uh, we're going to get basketball, baseball back. It seemed like you know football was in good shape. It seemed like uh, racetracks were doing really well. And now it's kind of a few steps forward, a couple steps back with the way the numbers have kind of spiked back up. We saw a big, big um, number of jockeys start to test positive. In fact, Del Mar had to shut down racing for the weekend. Who knows if they were going to be able to even open back up after a reported 15 jockeys out of a, a colony. Um, and Mike, I mean... How many jockeys do you think are in the colony at Del Mar, even in that room, where 15 of them are testing positive? Yeah, no kidding, man. And just in terms of the bigger picture, you know, and how you started this conversation off with things kind of being up and down, I mean, it's – I'll get to the NFL stuff in a moment, Gino. Mm -hmm. It's a separate conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to give some kind of fresher insight, and and I'll also air some – frustrations frustrations and grievances uh with with our listeners about kind of what's going on nfl wise but you know what i think is going to end up being a recurring segment on the show gino is our um taking the sports and and doing the rating you know how do you feel about it because i have a feeling that we're going to change the order up <laughs> you know the order is going to change here and there the pecking order yeah it's, you know, it's almost uh, going to be a week-to-week thing it really is yeah it really is it's almost like that uh, unfortunately is going to become a a weekly segment and uh, my feelings have changed uh, a little bit, but yeah, overall it seems like the news that keeps trickling in, you know, NFL PA today uh, updated their website. It's refreshed and it shows 72 yep. positives. Hard for me to know what the context is. Is that since the beginning? Is that oh, and, and so this I think week? The- because they're not all in one central location to get tested. So was this just a player not feeling well and going in and got tested? Was this a, you know, because they're not with the teams yet. So how did this all come about? So are they asymptomatic? What is a 72? We haven't gotten color on that specifically yet. Um, And I think that's kind of an important thing with a lot of this news that comes out. What is the context? Yeah, I think the one thing we we can know for sure is that there's a lot of BS information out there no matter what side, like, and then the problem is there shouldn't be sides in this discussion. There shouldn't be like sides of what side of the pandemic are you on? Are you oh, and the person that thinks it's a hoax or are you a person that's taking it very seriously? The, the one thing is because there's numbers that are tweaked. I think you whatever you, you whatever it seems like, whatever political fo- party you follow, you're reading information that's being promoted from that side. So you're getting different numbers. I think the one thing we can all agree is that this is still a serious issue. It's it's a lot more serious than some people have wanted to give it give it all along. And that that's the one thing that I think we're realizing now just in the last few weeks is that this is going to hang around. And whatever the severity is because now we're 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 starting to find this conversation not even with the sports in schools 
which is another big conversation with a lot of families and people. What are they going to do with their schools? Are the schools going to be open? Are the kids going to be going back to school? What capacity is that going to be? And that's a that's a really interesting debate for many people because what do you what do you do with your kids there? And that's a it's a whole different you know animal. It's just I think we'll and I'm I'm hoping that within the bubble situation with the NBA, they seem to be taking this the most seriously as far as how they're set up all the precautions they have a tattletale line where you can snitch on people if they're not wearing masks you know and the, and and honestly you know, and, and that's the kind of situation that feels to me like it's going to succeed because if we see numbers pop up all over like we saw at the racetrack at Del Mar or if a football team shows up even if they're not a bunch of players that are sick and dying when we see those kind of numbers they're they're scary they're kind of overwhelming numbers so um i i trust the one thing i do trust is i trust when they tell me at Del Mar that 15 guys tested positive, I don't, you know, I don't see that. they wouldn't want to shut the racing down for no reason. Right. I think if the NFL tells us that there's positive players, they're probably serious. Cause I, I'd imagine they're going to want to do everything they can to get their season started. So I'm just hoping that if anything, this last few weeks is done, it's just let some of the people that may have that kind of rolled their eyes. I don't want to wear masks. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Just the, the little things are, are kind of the reason why we're back here it felt like we were moving forward and we're kind of almost back to where we were at square one five, four or five months ago. You packed a lot in, in a yeah. couple of short minutes there. And I, and I'd like to get to just about everything. Cause I think each thing that you laid out was pretty important, but I'm first going to start with an analogy uh, because that's what I do. Uh, you're talking about the numbers and I had a really, really fascinating conversation with a longtime friend of mine the other day. We were talking about the numbers and the politics of it. And he's pretty biased on one side of the equation. Okay. Uh, that, for the purposes of this conversation, Gino, is, is not necessary that to really share. It doesn't matter. Right. So what I told him about the numbers is this. And I think all of our sports fan listeners, and I'm going to presume that everybody that's listening to us is – a sport lover or likes sports enough to tune into us. The, the best way to analogize it is like this. You can make a case that Reggie Jackson is an all-time great player. The number of his World Series rings, the number of home runs, the number of home runs in the postseason, the three home runs in a game, the number of RBIs, even earlier in his career, the stolen bases so on and so forth. But I could also talk to somebody that maybe doesn't, somebody that comes in from England that doesn't know baseball and present to them, this is a guy who had over 2,000 strikeouts, the second most in the history of the game. He is the biggest failure, regular failure in the history of baseball. The number of errors he had, the number of men left on base he had, it's the same player that we're talking about, a Hall of Famer. Do you see what I'm saying? So, Numbers are just numbers. Without context, there can it's e- really easy to jump on, well, Reggie Jackson is a strikeout king. He's overrated. If it's not given context, right? What about his batting average with runners on base? Maybe he's just a really clutch guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe when they're down 12 to 2 or up 12 to 2, he's not as intense or focused. So n- numbers without context they could be presented whichever way I want to make the case. You know what I mean? You know, if I yeah. want to make the case that he is the best left-handed slugger ever, I can do a pretty good job building that case with his numbers. 
if I want to make him seem like a really, really overrated player, I could build that case with his numbers. So that's the first thing that we want to keep in mind about a lot of this stuff. And look, a lot of the mistrust that's out there is because of things that have been said by politicians, things that have been said by doctors, things that have changed in terms of the science. I think that frustrates people when they keep saying, stick to the science, stick to the science, stick to the science. Well, whose science am I supposed to stick to? Because I have 10 doctors over here telling me something different. Isn't theirs science too? But you don't like their science. So no, stick to your opinion on the science you know what i mean yeah yeah all these different roads and detours when you're talking about this stuff it all comes back to politics and i want to just say one thing real quick gino and i'll let you jump in because i actually had a few people so last week you know for the listeners that didn't tune in last week we had probably one of our bigger name recognition guests on this show and jason whitlock and he made the comment on last week's show when i asked him about his political viewpoints and how that maybe um, has ruffled some feathers in people in his community and that type of thing. He came back and he was like, no, I'm not political. I just have opinions and I don't even, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I don't even vote. Uh, so on and so forth. And people came back and told me that's a bunch of, uh, that's a crock. Okay. We heard it out of his mouth. Whether you believe it or not is up to you. But here's what I want to ask you, Gino. Since when do we care? Yeah, that, when you and I were talking five years ago, did we ever care what Scott Van Pelt's no, and that's the problem. That's, is? It's the problem. Everything is about this now. I'm not, and I, I, in the exact same way, I have zero. I'm not. I've never voted, and I don't. I've never once. I have zero political affiliation. I don't care because honestly, growing up, it doesn't. It's not something that interests me. The sides, the BS on both sides, the games, and we're seeing it all play out right now in the last six months, why I don't like politics because I can't have a conversation with anybody that doesn't lead one way or the other. You know how many people I've had to block or followers I've lost? And I'm not even somebody who, who makes like crazy political statements, but it's because I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. It was just, I posted that Delmar is going to shut down. The person said, this is absolute BS. I said, why? They said, why are they still, why are they shutting down? I said, 15 jockeys are testing positive. That's at least half of the jockeys room. They're not going to have enough jockeys to run races. Well, I mean, this is BS. This is a, and then Trump comes into it. And the the problem that I had is that I didn't say anything about a Trump, a Biden, a Hillary, a Obama, any side. It just gets there. And I don't ever want it to get there. (laughs) And I don't ever want it to get there. And that's the problem is that what you just said we can't have a conversation about Reggie Jackson anymore, even if it's me or you, like, like I'll, you and I can have a conversation and I'll try to sell you on Clayton Kershaw or this or that, right? And then at the end of the day, there are some times where you or I will agree, will disagree, or after a conversation, even sometimes you might say, that was a good point or this or that, or I didn't think of it that way. Very few people do that in the real world anymore, and that's scary. The problem that I have with what's been going on is that everybody who's feeling one way about this is basically been feeling the same way from the beginning. The people who still feel like what's going on is BS or a hoax or some of the words they use, they felt that way from the beginning. They haven't changed their tune at all. There's no. been so that's that's my problem is that it's not been information now you change. It's just this is where I stood from the beginning. So now everything that happens in my mind is BS. And that that cannot happen. We have to be as a people, you get new information, then your opinion can change. That's fine. 
And, and we just have not done that because the same people who are saying the same things from four months ago, whether or not they believe that 100,000 or 140,000 or how many people have died because of this or how many deaths were swung this way or that way. And like I said, we're, this is probably the most political or the most kind of thing that I said because I'm starting to get frustrated about it because I think we all are – it's just, we're so divided. It's become that you can't have a conversation that ever doesn't lead back to, well, this is what you, this is what the liberals or the conservatives or the Democrats or the Trump is saying. And I just, like I said, I don't, I really don't care about any of that. I care about what's logical, what makes sense about analyzing things and what, what makes sense for me as a 33 year old guy that's a cancer survivor with an eight month old kid. I'm going to be a little bit overly cautious. And so, if I'm a little bit overly cautious and I wear a mask or some gloves or I don't go some places, and you know what? That's not going to kill anybody. It, and I know that maybe I'm maybe I'm not right, 100% right, right? Maybe the mask doesn't do everything. Maybe the way that I am stand, like where I stand on this, is is a little wrong. At least if I'm wrong, nobody gets hurt. That that's well, the I was just gonna say. I mean, look, dude, I am not entirely sold on the mask, but I wouldn't bet my life on it. I'm not entirely sold on the mask, but I wouldn't want to risk my dad's life or Cheryl's life or any people that I do. So the reality of it is if I got to put the damn thing on when I enter a store and when I leave a store, okay, no big deal. Like I'm not looking at it like, is it's infringing on my liberties and this and that and they're out to get you. And I look, I hate big brother. I hate big government. One of the reasons why I'm a little bit right leaning really more than anything is, and this is before I even knew who Trump was, you know, just from as a a young kid, I don't like big government. I've always been scared of big brother type mentality. So I want to distance myself from that. So whichever party wants the least amount of government involvement in our daily lives, that's what I support. And that's about the extent of it. Now, here's, here's, here's what's brilliant about what you laid out, Gino. People's minds not only don't change, like you said, it's probably like a 99 point something percent percentile that those who thought one way in March think the same way in July on each side of the coin. I suppose unless you didn't believe in it, you got it and a family member died. There's a few people that that's happened to. We've just seen one of them very recently (laughs) that it's happened to um, a a big supporter of Trump. And Trump retweeted and now is is Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery, yeah. He's been pulled his Twitter account. And that's my only issue with this. This is what he's saying is like, why do you want – you don't really need to go out until we – unless you are one of the doctors that really is studying this thing and you really know what you're talking about, then I completely want to hear from you. But if you're not – you really don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. I'm not trying to tell you that I know more about it than you do. I just would rather be cautious dealing with something that we don't know everything about. No, it, to- and, you know, but here's the thing. We could we can look at history though. And here's here's what I will tell you. Uh, I am old enough to have been old enough when the news about HIV sure. first came out. So Johnson, so, man, that was scary stuff. Yeah, so I'm old enough to to re- to not only remember it, but to where it kind of affected me in the sense that I'm starting to date now, and I'm starting to you know really think about my choices, and I'm really scared, and I don't want to get this death sentence, and I don't want to die, and there's talk about you could get it from saliva, maybe you can't get it from saliva. You don't want to be in the same room with somebody like that. You don't want to shake their hand. NBA players didn't want to kiss the other side of the cheek. People were pulling away from magic. People didn't know. There was a lot of hype. There was a lot of hysteria. 
And then once kind of the dust settled, people realized, well, this really isn't the death sentence that we thought it was. And I'm not necessarily saying that COVID is like that, but I suspect a lot of the hype, a lot of what people call fear mongering, we lived through it in the HIV days as well. It's the uncertainty. It's yeah. the fear of the unknown. Do, so in an era when we know so much, right? With the internet, right. with we, we're able to know everything about everything. So when we don't in this know something, age, we trip out, right? Because what do you do? You look it right up. If there's exactly. something you don't know. I mean, there's a weird name of a – when I'm looking through the races of a, and there's a name of a horse that I'm like, what the hell is this name? I look it up, and then I find out it's some country off the coast of Ireland, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever exactly, it is. But, exactly right, like the Adirondacks, Adirondack yeah, King. I look what, it up. I'm like, oh, you know that's what, where it is. <laughs> and that's just what everything comes down to nowadays. So when we don't know it, – it, when you don't know something and you become, become uncomfortable, the easiest thing to do is just kind of complain about one thing or the other. Because we don't know, and you're in a situation when you're uncomfortable, so you want to complain. For me, it's just I don't know. Unfortunately, people don't like hearing this. I thought the smartest thing in this situation we could all do is just kind of sit, try to wait. You know, like it's 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 hard when you're losing money. It's hard when you're losing your companies. A lot of these people, it's yeah. hard. I mean, I know the same thing. My girlfriend has been furloughed for months now. We got a an eight month old baby. It's not easy, you know, and sure, it's just. Sure. It's we're all dealing with it. I'm not talking it on a on some tower preaching down to you as a guy who's got millions and millions. It's just I, it's what it what's happened now is because so many people for about a month, the weather got warmer. And here in Southern California, I saw it, Mike. I live in Long Beach right across. There were just people flocking, no mask, no nothing. And I and, and I think we started to think wings were getting better. And who knows if it's the mask? Who knows if it's the gloves? Who knows if it's just like a mindset of. Maybe you're a little bit scared, so you stay a little farther away from people, and maybe that's what it is. You know. Um, yeah. no, I, I, let me say this before we get into the commercial, Gino, because uh, you know I kind of want to go back to that concept of people not changing their minds. Typically yeah. speaking, in this day it and age, happens everywhere. It's sports, it happens man. everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely. So here's 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 the thing that puzzles me. So and there's a lot of anger about it. So are you just an angry person, or do you want to change minds? And what I mean by that is so. People don't change their minds, and people are currently upset, they're angry, they're volatile. Okay, those are things that we all know, we observe, we see. So why is it then that you don't try to change somebody's mind? Why is it that instead you just go rip them a new one? What? And I'm not talking to you, Gene. I'm talking yeah, no, to the no, general public. In, in right? the, in so the, why, why do you... So yeah, so like let's just say you're on the left and you're arguing with a Trump person. Why call him an inbred racist? All these things you don't know that person. Why call him that when really the mission is to hopefully open his mind to a different viewpoint? And I'm not seeing that. Instead, what I see, especially on social media, is some hard clowning, maybe a statement of fact uh, that. I shouldn't even say a fact, a statement that that refutes what the other person said, yeah, some that's clowning better, on exactly. it, and then a bunch of likes and retweets. Um, it's almost like I would rather get retweeted and liked than to change one person's mind, right? It, it kind of goes back to the that old saying or, you know, biblical viewpoint of, you know, if I could just save one soul, you know, then that would be worth it. Where is that 
type of sentiment or mentality yeah. out there. It's it's just no longer prevalent. Now it's forget about changing anybody's minds. Let's just rip them a new one and move on to the next guy and keep frying guys and gals left and right and accomplish absolutely nothing in terms of changing minds. And that's really, really frustrating to me that I see that. And when I try to chime in with something like that, I get clowned on for either not taking a side or you're defending them yeah. or once again, Trump gets inserted back into it, even though I didn't even mention him and it wasn't even a topic that related to him. So Gina, we're over on break time. So yeah, let's, let's take, take a break. quick commercial break and we'll come back. We'll resume the conversation. We'll talk a little bit to uh, one of our listeners, Nick Lazar, bringing up a good point regarding the Washington. Can we still say Redskins? They're going to be changing their names. So stay with us. We'll talk about that and much more next. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, getting ready for uh, segment number two. And Mike, we're... We'll briefly talk a little bit about it. You mentioned that uh, the report came out, and I know one of our guests, uh, Nick, had uh, talked about everything happening with the Washington Redskins. It seemed a little bit strange that for a team and an organization who had kind of dug their feet in the ground and said, we're not going to change this name, what, 87 years, I believe? And they really didn't seem like even with the world changing a little bit and becoming more politically correct, didn't seem like it was a major issue for them. And then really quickly, over just a few months, it happened. And it seemed a little bit weird. And I wonder if Nick was right in saying that was, you know, maybe to draw attention away from the story that's just coming out right now today about Daniel Snyder. Yeah, and um, I'm not even sure it was over several months, Gino, uh, at least not publicly. You know, the the name change has been discussed for many, many years, obviously, but um, – 
boy, it feels like it. This is happening in in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just it just moved at really light speed, uh, starting with the uh, you know the FedEx, uh, you know, some of the sponsors, sponsorship, yeah. and uh, the you know potentially pulling the, the plug on that stadium mm-hmm. uh, rights naming deal and that type of thing. But uh, yeah, the the report that Gino and uh, Nick are referring to, um, you know, it's a Washington Post report. It just came out, so neither of us have really had time to read through it and, and sink our teeth into it. But the uh, crux of it is that there is some workplace um, inappropriate stuff happening in a workplace. Misconduct, and, like sex, yep. a lot of sexual stuff, it seems like, too, like harassment and things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, this allegedly, this is this is a claim made, made yeah, by a these woman. these are reports that are coming out today. But Correct. Now, I think there's going to be some other reports as well. Yeah. Where when you piggyback one off the other off the other, it kind of corroborates. And so this um, will probably be something flow. we can talk more about next week once yeah, we've, we've been able to digest so. it a little bit. Because it's still yeah. – it's literally coming out as this show is – as we're recording this show right now. Correct. And so the thing that this always takes me back to is uh, how much does the – well, let me take that back. Is there a bombshell aspect of this? So there's one thing to, to have bad conduct, misconduct. And it's another thing to have some bombshell information that gets unveiled. And I have to wonder, because of the buildup to the story over the last 24 hours with some very, very cryptic tweets and, and things of that nature, whether there's something really big that's going to be unveiled um, similar to the Donald Sterling situation, similar to the former Carolina Panthers owner who basically, it wasn't as loud as the Sterling situation, but he was forced to sell. Uh, Mr. Richardson had said some racial stuff and that was it. The, basically, the NFL Board of uh, Governors said, you got to sell this thing and make this go away really fast. And he did so. So the Carolina Panthers thing didn't escalate to the NBA level with Sterling. Um but there's some talk, Gino, that that is what's happening here. And some minority owners have already threatened, hey, we're going to pull out if uh, if this is what we think it is. So I think there's something serious is, is my point, Gino. So that's about the extent of the speculating that I'm going to do. But, um, you know, I think the conclusion to be drawn is because of some other stuff, we are going to make it looked like we're good people and change the name and, and go along with that. Because like you said, he really dug his heels into this issue. He being years, man, years, they Absolutely. would ask and they would say, we're not changing the name. This is a historical name, you know, this and that, yeah. and we're not changing where, the name. Where do, you, where do you stand on that? By the way, Gina? I mean, I, mean, what, what I don't, your, what's your feelings about the Redskins? I, it doesn't immediately send a, a bad, like cringe down my spine. But if enough people feel that way, then sure, change it. If it's offensive to enough people, sure, change it. Um, this is a guy who had recently had um, one of the sections of the field named after somebody who has also been a very bad guy in history. Um, another member, a previous member of the organization who was very like anti, um, uh, who was ve- like very, very racist in, in, in what he had done and, and trying to um, you know keep um, a, a lot of black people out of the league through years. So this is. This is a guy, Mike. Have you ever really heard a lot of positives about this guy through the years? I mean, through all the different things. So when we see it, unfortunately, it's like you said, this is all alleged stuff, and and it's always you know innocent until proven guilty. But this is 
when you have people like that that you hear so much smoke about through the years, there's always got to be fire. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And I'll tell you, there are some NFL owners that um, I've actually, you know, spent a little bit of time with. Um, and, and there's some that I don't know anything about. And there's some that you hear things about, whispers and so on and so forth. And Daniel Snyder is one of those people. I, I don't know him. I've actually never met him. But I, I really have not. I don't recall hearing anything positive about ever, the guy. Ever. Ever. Not, not in any circle. Not like and, the uh, way he, does, he operates well, look, with his team either, the moves that he makes or anything like that or about no, what a person he – nothing. Nothing. And I'll tell you. So when uh, – so basically, real quickly, as an agent, especially when you're like super involved in uh, – like let's just say this year, 2021. I'm like, you know, I really want to land a big draft class. Typically speaking, what that's going to require for me to do is, uh, you know, travel the country and meet with players face to face. Once you end up signing a guy, you kind of go in this circuit of uh, all star games and combine pro day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the point I'm getting at is in each of these places. So uh, at an all star game, let's say East West Shrine game or senior bowl, et cetera, you have all these scouts there. And after that day's practice, so you're there for a week. After the practice, you go out with everybody. There's nothing else to do in Mobile, Alabama. So you go out with, I mean, there's only like four or five restaurants that everybody goes to, you know, a Hooters and, you know, so on and so forth. People go out there, get some drinks, and you sit around and you talk. And somebody like me, who's pretty social, I'll go around and pretty much mingle with just about every team. You know, and you'll see the guys. They're wearing their polos. They're wearing their visors, et cetera. So they're clearly marked who they are. A lot of them have, like, credentials on and that type of thing. So, You'll see them at the East-West Shrine game, the week after at the Senior Bowl, a couple of weeks later at the NFL Combine. Each of these events is like a week long. And then at the individual universities at their pro days, what I'm trying to establish is you get to know a lot of these guys. You become friends with them. And there's, there's guys there ranging from scouts to coaches to general managers, et cetera. In all my years, Gino, which is over 12 years, I've never heard one positive None. about this man. None. It's I just wanted to establish how 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 you, know, how, you, like you should accidentally hear from yes. somebody who was trying to kiss up to the guy. You know what no. I mean? Like no. With, and with I was just trying to establish that this isn't like based on like a tweet or few interactions. This a is friend, the intern there for an intern there for a summer or something. This is like cumulative over time. Different regimes, different coaching staffs have come and gone in Washington over the years. How many in the last twelve years? My lord. You know, so, um, yeah, <laughs> um, he probably gets whatever he probably deserves, whatever comes his way. And what I always say is things kind of find a way to balance out in life. So, yeah, it was probably a little bit unfair that Sterling like lost his team, but it probably kind of made up for all the really shitty things he did to a lot of people, especially black people when it came to housing in the 80s. You know what I mean? So it probably made up for that, you know, because I always kind of felt it was, you know, Really, you could take one thing the guy says on tape and you lose a team about it. Probably over, a little bit overboard. But if you, but there was other things he got away with that he didn't. Yeah, even it get opened the door. On the wrist even I think Cuban things. said at yeah. one point, which he was right. That's a slippery. It's a slippery slope. Yes. When you're able to use that, that was what he said. But but what it did is we all. It's one of those things where I think everybody knew what a bad guy he was, and it was like when 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 you set up somebody to get caught, you know it, that you know is a bad person. You you feel like you're doing what's what's for the the greater good is like getting rid of him, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's kind of natural justice, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. 
you know, that's that's pretty funny. So uh, I guess kind of bringing it back full circle, uh, these kind of soap opera storylines, um, you know, luckily I would say probably for the Redskins or other teams that are having maybe some some issues, it's going to be overshadowed by the biggest issue in the world that the world is facing right now, which is COVID-19. So I kind of want to stick to that a little bit longer. Um, and I, and okay, I get well, and it. I, I know our I, listeners are probably overkill on this. They're probably yes, like, oh, I have a question yeah. that's, that's still related to this too. And, okay. and, and everything that's going on, Go for have it. you, or, or I don't know what the red, have you been paying attention to any of the red Sox scrimmages or, or any of that stuff? Honestly, I paid more attention to the Dodgers inner squad. That's, okay. I was going to ask. Then the Red Sox is They're the funny real, okay. thing. Because I'm kind of curious ask. as to how Mookie's doing. And, and uh, you know, the, look, the Dodgers are a very intriguing team. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun. They're fun. So right now, what the Dodgers did um, last night, because a lot of them are on Facebook Live, they've been streaming a lot of them too. Uh, if you just want to watch them on Facebook. So they, they piped in the noise. And I'm telling you, it sounded pretty good. It sounded pretty good. Like they had the music, the organ was playing, and they had crowd like crowd noise that was piped in. And baseball is one of those games, like we said, you're not really noticing the crowd while you're watching the game, right? And I you was notice- just gonna say there is a reason that that it works. Yeah, and I agree with you that it works. And by the way, if anybody was watching MLB Network today, in between uh, intentional talk and MLB tonight, they had they showed what you're talking about, but for the Rays. Uh, during yep. the raise practice, it's kind of cool. Uh, I like it, it a little bit. Good, and I'm going to tell you why it works. Because at any ball game, it's kind of like: Have you played any like the more recent, let's just say, in the last five, ten years? Not when you were a little kid, like MLB video game. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, we've never really talked about video games uh, yeah. between you and I, so I don't know bit. if you play. Them. So when you ever when you ever play like an MLB game. You kind of uh, some of them will put in like maybe some organ noises in the background and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But and you hear this little bit of like um, faded out chatter in the background. Yep. It's not very loud, but you kind of hear it a little bit. But for the most part, you kind of hear the organ. You hear all of a sudden a roar when there's a base hit or a home run or caught stealing or something like that. But for the most part, it's kind of relatively quiet. Not yeah, just golf like a, quiet, it's like a humming, like a buzz yeah, almost just in the background. Yeah, it's not golf quiet or tennis quiet, but it's kind of like yeah, a little bit of a hum. So I guess what I'm trying to say is to to have that going on that I mean you're piping in noise anyways during a baseball game whether it be teams that utilize the organ or a walk-up music or whatever and it's typically a a rather quiet it's not a rowdy like football game where you know you every have, play could be have, a fumble every, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it kind of works. It's it I does. guess what I'm saying is it's kind of natural. Yeah. It does. It's not it's, completely unnatural. Like it will. I think it will be unnatural in a football game when you have an empty stadium with guys playing. And and, and, and the one for me is basketball. Quiet. I'm curious with the sneaker sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's it going to be like in when they're playing in Orlando when they don't have? Or but are they going to allow other some of the the players that are there, or maybe players from other teams, or whatever, to sit in the stands and at least make it have a little bit of a sound? I, I don't know. That was something that they talked about because it even in wrestling, the first month there were no fans at either of the two major companies right now, WWE, and then there's another company, All Elite Wrestling, that has their stuff on TNT. And and then what they started doing was they started having some of the wrestlers that weren't just backstage or you know producers or other people that weren't doing anything, they were sprinkled around the crowd. 
And just the little bit of applause, the little bit of boo and cheer and ah and ah, it makes such a big difference. It really does. I, I mean, and so I don't know if they would be able to have at the baseball stadiums. It wouldn't matter if you had 20 people there. I don't think they're going to do that. But just the, the noise in general and being able to do it, I like it way more than the idea of just kind of watching a very quiet, dead sort of game. Yeah, I think what we what we're gonna experience is uh, obviously gonna be very unique, very new to us. But I think what we're gonna experience is getting some insight that maybe we wouldn't have gotten before, mm-hmm. namely being how teammates communicate with one another during the course of a game. I'm guessing they're gonna have to bleep out a lot more than they normally yeah would have yeah. to. Um, but I was trying to think like the the I I remember especially more so back in the day watching Celtics games when they were playing on the parquet where you would hear the sneakers like throughout the game. And I'm trying to wonder why, why was it that I heard it so prevalently back then and less so now? I don't know if it's something with the audio, but do you, does that ring a bell at all for you? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, it, it's going to be trial and error, right? I think, and, I, and I'm hoping that's what we get. And I think the one thing as fans and as we, we should we got to give a little bit of a grace period, give everybody a little bit of time to figure out what works best. I'm just hoping they try some things. They, that works great. That doesn't work. Scrap that right away. Um, because we're, we're going to be right now with the way everything happened again over the last few weeks, it's just going to be a long time before we're going to see the stadiums in any sporting events. Like we know that whether or not some places may be able to have some fans or some places, I know the officials are really pushing for things like that. It just, it's hard for me to envision right now or seeing a point where, where we have a full stadium again. So we, we have to get a little bit outside of the box with the way we're thinking. We've got the technology now, right? This is a time that it's not 15, 20 years ago. I mean, they can do a ton of things with a slight delay on when the games are on TV. That should, that should help with you know eliminating a lot of the, the bleeps here and there. And I think people like hearing the bleeps. You know, like it's it's real. That's that's kind of what we want. Sure, we want to hear a little sure. bit of that. So kind of get into it a little bit. Yeah, all yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. So um, we're we're up against another commercial break, Gino. But I'll uh, I'll leave our audience with this because I'm really excited that I could say this. One week from today, almost to the hour. One week. The Yankees. The Yankees at the Nationals. It's a four o'clock game. Scheduled pitching matchup, Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer. The night game is going to be the San Francisco Giants at your Los Angeles Dodgers, 7 p.m. Pacific time start time. Both these games are going to be on ESPN, and that matchup is going to feature the uh, elbow-reconstructed, or is it shoulder? I apologize. I believe shoulder-reconstructed Johnny Cueto versus Clayton Kershaw, two NL vets, longtime NL vets. Um, going up against each other. I'm guessing they've gone up against each other a bunch of times. So this is going to be a great divisional matchup where the other one is going to be maybe a World Series preview, perhaps, between the Yanks and the Nationals. Definitely both are, uh, you know, amongst the uh, favorites. So let's get into a little bit of previewing. And I've got some interesting comments that I heard from uh, Joe Madden. So stay with us. We'll come back. We'll pick up right where we left off. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment here on the Mike Abadir Show. And as Mike mentioned, we're only a week away from baseball um, unfortunately, Mike, we, we talked about uh, Del Mar. This is that, that time of the year when we would have Del Mar racing. They will be canceled this weekend. But even with that, this is still a really big weekend of racing, too. Just a little racing plug. We've got Saratoga that just opened back up today on Thursday. Monmouth Park is going to have the, the Haskell and the United Nations. So they got their big races on Saturday this weekend. Um, I know a track that you and I like to play. I'm always playing up at Pleasanton. And Pleasanton's one of those fun racetracks. It's kind of like Los Alamitos where... You don't need a 25 to 1 shot to make something pay. You just have to beat one or two short, short favorites. That, that's all. You could find a 3 to 1 shot or a 7 to 2 shot that'll pay like a 10 or 12 to 1 shot because you beat a, you know, a 4 to 5 or a 2 to 5 in a real short race. So fun racing coming up this weekend, too, and, um, and still plenty to play even without Del Mar. Yeah, and, and for, for the Pleasanton players that are out there, take a look at the double. The double pays pretty decent. Um, you know, typically the double is it's kind of lost its lore for me, but they they're they're still uh, resolute on getting that two dollar minimum, and it makes a difference. In, I mean, you, in, can, you can get to like a sixty dollar payoff on like a seven to two and a five to two. Yep, and you're like, whoa, how did that pay sixty dollars and sixty cents? It's unbelievable. And you with know, the so, smaller fields, you mm-hmm. get you can play a pick five. For a smaller ticket and feel like you got a shot because, like I said, you're going to take one or two races where you take your stand against the favorite, but you're not – it's not necessarily 10, 12 sites fields, which is good and bad, right? We want big fields a lot of the time, but it, like I said, it's just a different approach when you're playing at Pleasanton versus playing at a, at a different racetrack, and I, li- I like it, man. I've been really – I've been – really close on a couple big pick fives so far so i'm gonna nail one of them soon up there and uh we know chris griffin does a great job calling the races up there who uh used to be uh with the uh the globe trotters chris griffin yeah he yeah, uh, he was an announcer really cool there past. right yeah he was an announcer for the globe trotters too so we get to hear that voice up in northern california who was calling the races at sam houston just yeah. uh just earlier this year so big racing this weekend still and mike any quick thoughts by the way on saratoga today anything stand out you know i i 
I'm not. I'm going to try to not be as negative in that. Um, it, everybody's going to be dealing with a little bit different situations, and I know with Saratoga, you know, they're they're they were in a little tough spot too because some play. It's Saratoga is sort of like Del Mar. Um, it's Saratoga is not exactly right next to the other New York racetracks. It's a it's a little bit more of a trek for a lot of the trainers, the owners, the help, you know, the grooms, the valets, and stuff like that. So I know there were a, a good amount of connections that weren't able to send either as many horses or send their full strings up there. So the first couple days, I, I, I did not like the card <laughs> on Thursday. The opening day card did not seem very strong. Friday, Saturday get a little bit better because you're going to get some more stakes races. I actually prefer Friday over the Saturday card. Saturday, you got a couple name horses. But I think in a few days, they'll be a little bit more full. But the problem that we're going to see with a lot of these tracks now is that I don't know how much shipping we're going to end up seeing now with what ended up with what happened in with the jockeys over the last few weeks. Uh, I don't know. Nobody really knows exactly where it started or who it started from, but there was a Los Alamitos a couple weeks ago on July the 4th, and there were a lot of -of out-of-town jockeys in to ride a couple of the stakes races that day, and it seemed like that might have been kind of a hot spot because we had Luis Saez, we had Flavian Pratt, we had Martin Garcia, we had Victor Espinoza. The Pratt went over to Keeneland, Florence Rue over at Keeneland had it, and then all of the different um, ones that came out yesterday from Del Mar, Drayden Van Dyke, Rispoli, so um, you know a, a ton of them. And and so now, Mike, uh, Mike, there's not going to be a lot of jockey traveling. They've made the decisions that if you're running at riding at Saratoga, if you leave before you come back, you got to quarantine for a week. Are you or however maybe ten days, maybe fourteen days? Are you willing to do that and give up all that time to go ride a, a graded stakes race or somewhere else? Now everybody's going to kind of be set in their own spots. Are we going to see? We're not going to see jockeys traveling as much. Are we going to even really see as many horses ship out and around with their connections? I don't know. Yeah, my guess would be probably not, especially because uh, we're still in the midst of an uptick. So yeah. if things are bad Travel today, they're probably a little bit worse tomorrow. In California, yeah. we got a lot of things have changed in the last week again where they're closing a lot of things that were just reopened. And, and who knows? That's that's kind of going to be a place-by-place situation. So, again, I'm – it wasn't your typical Saratoga opening day. Nothing in 2020 has been typical, right? No, nothing has. But I'm I'm glad to have another option of races back there. And hey, we had a, one of my better bet, best bets of the day. Uh, Country Grammar won the feature at four to one. Sat a really nice trip on the inside. Got a good ride. And so there, at least we end uh, sort of end the day with a little bit of momentum heading into the uh, the Friday card and the weekend card. But there's some good races at Monmouth this weekend. If you're not someone who plays Monmouth all the time, check out that Monmouth Saturday card from like the ninth race on. Really strong stakes races. They kind of packed a lot of their big stakes into this uh, this Haskell day. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, you know, I, I t- kind of took a, a little bit of a look at Saratoga today. I didn't play at all. Uh, did see that uh, Country Gamer won, so congrats on that. Chad Brown and uh, Irad Ortiz piloting that ship. Uh, it culminated with a thousand dollar pick three. So kind of gives you an indication as to how the first three legs of that uh, late pick four went. Each of the pick fives paid a large sum, the early one, 34,000, the late one, 28,000. Statistically speaking, three out of the 10 races were won by winners, uh, by favorites. So right, right at that 30% mark, but you also had a $71 winner and uh, $24 or $25 winner, $25 winner in race seven. So you had a nice uh, sprinkling. And of course, the Ortiz brothers, uh, four out of the 10 races go to one or the other Ortiz. So uh, kind of what you'd expect from Saratoga, not entirely the graveyard of favorites, 
but uh, you know, seven out of the ten lost, which means you really do have a legitimate opportunity if you want to back a horse with a price. They do come in at Saratoga, so I agree with you 100% though on in terms of the shipping. I'm I'm not sure that we're going to be seeing a lot of travel. And with respect to the quarantine thing, we're we're dealing with the same thing at the NFL right now too, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, you got you're going to have between the Jets and the Giants, you know, you're going to have 16 New York games. There's a 14 day quarantine. How do you work that out? You have to deal with the state and local officials to get exemptions. You know, MLB was was pretty quick to do it with respect to Toronto for the international travel. Um, I guess the one comment, and I said at the beginning of the show that I'd get into the NFL later, so I might as well do so right now. Uh, I could go on a, a very long rant, Gino, but I'll really simplify it by saying I'm absolutely shocked at how much work still needs to be done, how many questions are entirely unanswered. Yeah. And we're less than two weeks from the start of training camps on the 28th of July. There are so many, if people only knew, (laughs) they would be shocked at what type of issues still have not been worked out, still have not been figured out, still haven't been resolved, all the way down to even what to do with rosters, right? So it's kind of one of those things where you take a step forward and it, op- it opens up or unveils another five issues. And that's kind of what seems to be happening right now. And you'd think that some of this stuff should have been resolved long time ago. Just so that people understand an example of what I'm talking about. So they're going to expand uh, practice squads, right? Uh, for obvious reasons, right? Um, so y- you're able to carry more players on the team in case things happen with COVID as an example, right? Well, what if you have like the jockey's room, you know, 14 positive tests that come up at once, what happens then? Yeah. And what happens to going over the salary cap then things of that nature. Right. Um, and, and how, and what are the, what, what are the opt out possibilities? We've been talking opt outs for a long time now. NFL had plenty of opportunities to figure it out. I mean, if you look, I mean, what and what I'm saying isn't entirely like a secretive or whatever. One of the headlines today was owners and players still working on an opt-out. I just can't believe that we're still trying to figure that out. It's easy to figure it figure it out in terms of people with prior pre-existing conditions, right? Sure. You know, somebody like yourself, maybe somebody that's dealt with some type of cancer, mm-hmm. cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, whatever, right? You know, that, that's an easy opt out. But what about the guys who just don't want to? Those yeah. who are or, scared. Those what if who they have live a, with a family member who there you does, go. has a Or have a new baby. Some of those ones like that. There's been a lot or like, like Buster, Buster Posey. Posey right? Perfect and, example. And, yep. You know, he just adopted two who have some medical issues that they're contending with. They were born with. premature. And so they're going to have to be in and exactly. out of hospitals a lot. So, yeah. I so mean, there's you, a lot of those type of issues. And we hard, have not man. resolved yeah. them. I mean, we were look, we were on the phone yesterday for an hour and a half. And I didn't feel, upon getting off uh, the Zoom, well, it was a Zoom call, not, not a phone call. Um, after the Zoom meeting, I didn't feel any more content with the answers that I got. And I felt, I just, I left it feeling more confused. 
And there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Everybody's chiming in with something. Everybody is thinking about themselves. So thinking about their scenario, their players scenario, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, um, this agent call when you, you know, union call went better than the last one, in my opinion, but there's still not a lot that got resolved. There's still so much that needs to be figured out. We haven't even figured out if players are going to be wearing those, uh, Oakley guards vi- visors or not, which J I mean, JJ Watt said, I'm not. And that's, I mean, this is, we, we only have three or four minutes left in the show. And I'm glad you mentioned that. That was something I, I wanted to kind of have a little conversation with you too. That, that is something that scares the hell out of me as someone who doesn't even play football, but just knows even the, you know, the, we laughed about Antonio Brown with the helmet and everything. But when you're on that football field and you've been used to something for 10, 15, 20, sometimes 25 years of your life, you've been playing this game since you were a kid and you've gotten used to things. You've gotten used to the way your equipment is, the way things feel, the way you run your speed on the field. If there's anything on when you're on that field that makes you think twice, that makes you second guess yourself, that makes you take a hesitation or uh, you, you stop before you go full born, you could get seriously injured and that's what makes me nervous is those guys on the field have to be comfortable at all times and if there's one thing if they're fiddling with their mouth or if they're they're not getting as much air and water in and they're a step slower or they're they're not quite that that scares me a little bit playing with that completely agree one other thing that scares me by the way uh, and and this is kind of something that we alluded to maybe at the top of the show in terms of attitudes and and perceptions and that this type of thing the one thing that kind of concerns me r- r- about the covid thing is that there's a lot of people that are like you know really focused on the death rate and as they should right but they're looking at it from the other perspective which is only 0.00 whatever people mm-hmm. are, are dying okay fair enough but from an athlete's perspective, a pro athlete's perspective, how do we know that if you get it and you're not really asymptomatic, Great point, that man. there lingering aren't effects. any yeah, lingering effects? What if it just reduces your lung capacity for oxygen by 5%? It doesn't sound like a lot, just but slightly. that might be enough to truly Separate change you, you from being an elite player to just a good player. You know, you man, know? the difference, the margin of error in the difference between being a player that doesn't make it or a player that does, or a player that's good or great. It's not all that much all the time. It's no, it's not. The best visual, by the luck, way, to think, it's the best just, visual to think about it is an outfielder. Think of how many times totally extended, and it's a snow cone catch, barely gets it, or it's off the tip of the glove. That's just a millimeter ground ball, right? right? How many yeah. people hit that ground ball and it just gets in the hole a little bit and you do exactly. that once or twice a week instead of hitting 220, you're hitting 280, you know? Exactly right. Exactly right. So I wouldn't want to fool around with anything like Especially that. Especially in football more than any other sport. Oh my goodness. No that's way. That's the one where if, if that thing gets a little shaky, if it's coming off, if someone's nervous, that makes me scared. And yeah. it's just, you know, we, we had a, a, a conversation today that was a lot more about with the world issues, but yeah. that's where we'll we are to, right now. Everything yeah, intersects we'll with sports. It. Exactly. We'll have to continue it next week and talk about some more baseball. That's all the time we have. Thank you for listening. As always, we will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.